Well, hello. Uh, this is the final um, uh, Redemption Meditations podcast of 2023. Ever. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's been a great run. End, we've been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> no, uh, so we are an award-winning podcast, um, and uh, we are here uh, for one final time. And so I, what I thought I would do, so it's the usual cast of characters, Dana Lee and Steve, right? So hi. Um, uh, what I thought I'd do as we were discussing uh, this one last one in 2023, so it is the 26th of December as we record, um, not sure when you'll listen to it, but it's the 26th of December. We are facing down New Year's Eve um, coming up uh, this coming Lord's Day. And um, every year um, there is a lot of people, there are a lot of people who make New Year's resolutions. What are those things that we're going to do? And I'm really going to get better at it this year, right? I'm going to learn how to play guitar. I'm going to, you know... Um, uh, figure out, I'm going to, you know, visit all 50 states, whatever it is, we, we come up with these kind of um, uh, resolutions. These are the things we're going to do this year. I'm going to lose 35 pounds. I'm going to do that, you know, all these things. And usually by February, we're done, right? Usually we're well, maybe not even February. At, at maybe best. It, yeah, it right. turns out some of that stuff is hard, man. <laughs> That's why we have to like make resolutions. Um, so as we talk about that, as we think about that, because there are, are people listening that, that make them, um, let me let me ask this. Do you guys ever make New Year's resolutions? No, not anymore. Not, I used not to in a real serious way. I mean, you kind of know just what you said, you know, it it doesn't last through the year usually. The, the the closest I come to making a New Year's resolution is writing out my list of books that I want to read in the in the next in the coming year. Other that, that's okay. about it. Okay, so so that's a good. So do you ever accomplish that? Um, I did. I did this year. Okay. All right. I read. So I read, I read them all. Yeah. Yep. It happened. How many How many books are on your list? Typically, uh, like let's what, see. Were on your list last year? Do you know? Let me Let me grab it. Um. It's more than 12, so it would be more than a book a month. Uh, let's see. 19 right now. Okay. So so this year you've read at least 19 books. You've read those 19, yeah. uh, probably some others too, I'm, I'm yeah. guessing, like knowing you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and some audiobooks. It's a mix. <laughs> I count those. Yeah, I think they count if you're actually – it's not really reading, it, but if you're actually working through the content of the book, it it, it counts. Count. It counts. Yeah, yeah. I'm so a very about... active listener while I mow, for for example. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a great time to to do that. How about like um, like a Bible reading plan? Do either of you like resolve to read through the Bible in a year? I, I have done that. Um, I did it. A few years ago, I did the McShane Bible reading plan, which is still probably my favorite mm -hmm. uh, in a year. I have not uh, done a, a specific plan, and yeah. I probably should because I tend to resolve to read the Bible more without <laughs> a specific plan. And right. that goes about as well as you'd expect. You know, you 
get bogged down in numbers or Leviticus and then yeah, that's it. So I, I I I think I would do better if I had a specific plan. This is what I'm supposed to read today. Just stick with that. And winging it has not worked for me like I'd hoped. Okay. Good to be honest. I, so I too have um, started some plans and uh, a couple of years ago I did the um, um, Dr. Lee, you might remember the name of it, the one where you read 10 chapters a day, Dr. Yeah. somebody's name. Um, and it's, it's from all over the Bible, right? So you read a proverb every day, um, you read a psalm every day, and I think um, from the book of Acts. Is so you, you're in somewhere in that every every day. And then there's like seven other chapters um, throughout the Bible. So you actually read um, more than just through the Bible. You're actually like ingesting the Bible through the year. The, and the I Grant honest, Horner I'm, Bible reading system. That's what that's it is. That's the one, Grant Horner, yeah. I'll put and a link. I think he's a, I think he's a pastor at, uh, I mean, a, um, a professor at Master's Seminary, or he used to be. Um, I think. Uh, but anyway, that was a, a good plan, but it was very ambitious. And I actually made it into September. And then I had gone on um, vacation or something. We went away and that messed up my whole routine. Um, you know, I would get up first thing it in happens. the morning and and read. Um, yeah. And anytime, anytime my routine gets messed up, I, it sort of really messes with anything like that. Um, but as I was thinking about this, as I was thinking about New Year's resolutions, uh, Jonathan Edwards has, um, so Jonathan Edwards is probably, uh, historically speaking, probably one of the most famous American pastors um, of all time. And um, so he, he lived in the um, uh, early 1700s, um, in, so in colonial uh, America, um, New England mostly. Um, the Northeast. He was also in New York and New Jersey, um, but served as a pastor in Massachusetts and um, uh, is very well known, has written a lot of, uh, just a lot of uh, works and some of his sermons and was instrumental in the, um, the, the Great Awakening, the First Great Awakening in the United States in, in our religious history. Um, the Lord really used him and continues to use his writing. Um, my wife recently, while we we're on vacation, she read, um, and I don't remember the name of it, but it was a, um, an account, like a, a, a biography of his wife, actually, Sarah Edwards. Uh -huh. Um, and it was really, it was really interesting. Um, and it just sort of, uh, gave a glimpse into the home life of the Edwards family and, and really from her, the wife's point of view, his wife's point of view. But one of the things that he's well known for are his new year's resolutions, and are not they're not really New Year's resolutions, just his resolutions. They're like life resolutions um, almost. Yeah, and and he only so um, let me give just a little bit of backstory on them. Um, he was, I believe, nineteen, just appointed to be a pastor in um, New York City, uh, which at the time was not as big as it is now, obviously, um, 17, this is the 1720s, I think 1722 and 23 is when he compiled these resolutions. Um, and he was like 19 and 20 years old. So he was very young, brand new pastor in a church that had split. So uh, they uh -oh. had hired him 
Um, I think that the people who left hired him. I think that's the story. Um, so, so in, on the docks somewhere in New York city and, you know, you can imagine this guy, he's seemingly a world away from his home in New England, um, in the city and likely in rough parts of town and on the docks. You think of those being pretty rough area. Um, and he gets there and he, uh, he comes up with resolutions and I think there's 70 of them. I, I was looking at a couple of different articles and there's, there's different companies. Uh, compiled resolutions, but I think he wrote 70 of them. Maybe there's more that somebody else could find, but um, this is how he starts off. So these are just how he wants to live his life. He's resolving to do these things. And uh, it starts this way. He says, being sensible that I am unable to do anything without God's help, I do humbly entreat him by his grace to enable me to keep these resolutions so far as they are agreeable to his will for Christ's sake. So he's going to lean on God to, to help him with these things. And, and his first, this isn't his first resolution. This is just the first point. He says, remember to read over these resolutions once a week. So he's going to work through these things every week. And his first one, I'm not going to read all of them. I just want to point out a couple. And then maybe we can, we can talk about what, um, really where I'm going with this is our resolutions helpful and I'm thinking specifically of our uh, spiritual life right should we whether it's new year's or just resolutions in general is it helpful for us um, and should we apply some of those ideas into our life this first one is this resolved that I will do whatever I think to be most to God's glory and my own good profit and pleasure in the whole of my duration without any consideration of the time whether now or never so many myriads of ages hence resolve to do whatever i think to be my duty and for uh, and most for the good and advantage of mankind in general resolve to do this whatever difficulties i meet with how many soever and how great soever so he's going to do all things for God's glory and his good, and also for the good of mankind, those around him. Right? That's what he's saying he's going to do. Um, a little bit later, he says this, resolved never to lose one moment of time, but improve it in the most profitable way, profitable way I possibly can. Okay? And wow. Then I, I'm gonna just two more, and then, and then let's, I'm going to open up for you guys to discuss. Resolved to think much on all occasions of my own dying and of the common circumstances which attend death. Ooh. <laughs> oh. And then, I, and then okay. finally, go on. remember, he's 19 when he's writing this, 19 or 20. Uh, so not married yet, brand new pastor. I'm going to think about death and what causes death all the time. Cool. Number 10. Resolved when I feel pain to think of the pains of martyrdom and of hell. So the question that I want to have tonight as we think about this is are resolutions and even kind of these kinds of resolutions, are they good for us? And would it be beneficial for us to put them into practice, to, to put the making of resolutions into practice? Maybe. 
How's that okay. for a, a non right. answer? That's our final podcast of yeah. 2020. That's it. Thank you. Good night, everyone. We're done. <laughs> I, I think that ma- the making of resolutions could be very consistent with the sanctification process. Could be. I see these things in my life. They're not good. I'm going to resolve to avoid these things. Uh, I'm going to resolve to avoid the things that lead me into other things that are a big problem. I'm going to resolve to be more, to do X, Y, and Z. And those should, I believe, lead me to more holiness, whatever, whatever it may be. And we can get into all the nuts and bolts of that. So that sort of thing. Yes, I think that could be very edifying. I think there's also cases where, eh, I don't know how useful it is. It's just uh, maybe even paying too much attention to yourself already. You can be consumed in self in a way that isn't healthy. And so it depends on the resolution. I guess I would say. Okay. Uh, so, okay. So two, I have two thoughts. Uh, hopefully that they're not self-contradictory, but so on, on one hand, I guess this would be in the camp of, of, uh, of resolutions not being helpful is resolutions aren't a means of grace. And so, uh, they're not going to, um, making a resolution isn't going to, you know, feed your soul is not going to um, stoke your, again, to borrow more uh, Edwardsian language, it's not going to stoke your uh, religious affections the way that, you know, reading the Bible will, that praying will, uh, corporate worship with the saints, singing together, these kinds of things. Um, but I do think they can be helpful if they're not merely tied down to, this is my resolution for 2024, this is my resolution for my life as a Christian for however long uh, God has ordained for me to live. Yeah. So as a means of 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 being um, mindful and active in um, my life of sanctification, I guess. Um, so I I would say they they certainly can be helpful if you haven't tied it down to just these are some superficial things that I want to do better for one year. And these are ways that I want to grow in Christ, that I might see myself being deficient. Um, and these are some practical steps that I'm going to hold myself accountable to over time in order to uh, to grow more and more into Christ-likeness, so far as it depends on me. Yeah. So so as, as elders of a local church— um, when someone uh, says, I'm going to read through the Bible— this year. Um, I want to encourage that, right? Like we want to say, great, do it. Um, and, uh, because they're, they're wanting to read the Bible, but I think we would all, I mean, we all just kind of admitted we, we don't regularly do that. Like the three of us, we've, we've done some aspects of it, but we don't regularly do it. And, um, uh, so, so doing that thing, um, might be good it might be good for that person. It might be good for, um, you know, even like I'm going to, I'm actually going to challenge the church in, in December, I challenged the church to read through the book of Luke. 
Um, I mean, yeah, the book of Luke 1 through 24 begun on, on Christmas morning, which was the 24th this year, and just a chapter a day. And this next year, and the ladies are doing this, they started it, and the ladies' Bible say, we're going to challenge the church to read through the Bible this year. Whether we do or not is almost beside the point. So I know you guys well enough to know that we know our Bibles, not as good as we should, obviously, right? All of us would admit right, that, right, right. but right. we are spending time in the word regularly, right? Yeah. So, so I'm, uh, I'm just before we did this, I was doing some, um, some prep well earlier today on my next week's sermon. So I've been spending time in the book of Proverbs right now and also getting prepared in Thessalonians coming up uh, here soon in a couple of weeks. And so I'm spending time in the Bible. I know you guys are for um, a variety of things. And it's clear to people, right? It's clear who knows their Bible and who doesn't. Um, whether we set a resolution and say, I'm going to do it X this year, um, you know, I'm going to memorize 10, 10 um, chapters this year. Great. do Go ahead. Yeah. But so, so there's some things we don't care about, right? Like as pastors. So that's probably not the right way to say it, but like if somebody says, I'm going to learn to play the guitar this year, it's not that I don't care about that. It's like, I, I do think that having the goal of reading through the entire Bible in the year might be more important than actually accomplishing the goal. And the reason I say that is because in my experience, uh, so maybe other people have lived differently, but the main reason that my annual read through of the Bible plan has not gone well, or I've not completed it is because I've gotten bogged down and too interested in one particular book. And instead of going broadly within one year, I drill down into one particular book or a particular uh, concept or, or theological doctrine of something and then start tracing that through other parts of the bible in a a study that was born out of that heart to read the entire bible instead i ended up doing a study that was essentially biblical theology into yeah. something that came out of something i read during the beginning of that plan so um and that and that was fruitful. And I, not not saying that completing a whole cover to cover read through of the bible that year wouldn't have been fruitful but it, that detour that ended up in me not not finishing that resolution was actually a fruitful uh, experience for me. Yeah, yeah, I think that if the goal is I'm trying to be a better person, then you don't you could get bogged down in, and the means to accomplish that is I'm going to do whatever wh whatever somebody's resolution would be right. Like I. I, I eat French fries every day and I'm not going to eat any next year. Well, and then you ended up eating French fries 10 times next year. That's a win, dude. Like if you went from every day to 10 times, that's not a fail. You know, so we don't want to get so bogged down into, I set this specific thing. I'm going to read every verse of the Bible. And I, you know, read 98% of it that's a win <laughs> well yeah. Yeah. that's 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 spike the football worthy even right. if you didn't technically cross that line let's not get bogged down in that that that's i'm not sure that resolutions are super helpful if we're going to get into that level of pass fail on it yeah yeah so so let me 
Let me give you one more that Jonathan Edwards said, sort of in this idea of, of um, reading the Bible or, or knowing the scriptures. He says, resolved to study the scripture so steadily, constantly, and frequently that I may find and may and plainly perceive myself to grow in the knowledge of the same. So, so I'm going to study the Bible so regularly that I, I will notice that I'm growing in my knowledge of the Bible, right? That might be through um, setting those goals of I'm going to read through a chapter a day. It might mean, like, like Lee said, I'm going to go, I'm going to start and I'm going to go until I get distracted by something in the Bible, mm -hmm. right? By a, by a, a branch of theology or or you know studying the trinity for example or something like that whoop, whoop. i'm gonna go i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go until i find that thing and then i'm gonna learn everything i can about that thing in the bible that that specific topic um i think that's i think all of that is a good thing right like if you if you came and said yeah i only made it to um genesis 15 but then i started this study of of you know covenants and the relationships mm -hmm. between the king and the you know like yeah go on, do, do that go for it yeah i like the wording of that resolution as well because he's not saying i'm going to study x number of hours every day and then there's a quantifiable failure what he's looking for is an outcome in his life like in his yeah. actual practical uh everyday christian life so his resolution is is that that is the end of the resolution that that's the accomplishment seeing that change in his christian character as provoked in as delivered by fervent study of the word of god so whether he spends however many hours per day doing it he's going to do it fervently um and as as time and providence allows um but the real outcome is not being in his study you know, eight hours a day uh, to, to accomplish a goal. The goal is to be a better Christian man. And yeah. I think that's the kind of resolution that, that Christians should make if they make resolutions. Yeah, I think one of the dangers of saying, well, you know, I'm going to read my Bible every day is now it's, you know, January 8th and I didn't get a, the Bible read. Well, do I just shrug my shoulder to say, mm -hmm. well, I blew it. Now just yep. forget it. Maybe in 2025, you know, we, we don't want to get into such a bright line that, because we will tend to do this. We've all yeah. done this, right? I, I, I messed this up, so I might as well let her rip now, yep. you know, instead of, yeah, okay, I missed it today. Tomorrow's a new day. I'm going to just keep yeah. cracking at it here. And it yeah. can be, a, a big win it could be a big success over the course of the year mm -hmm. even if i'm a day behind or i or i just missed that day and i move on whatever it is so i want to i want to tie into that briefly with another one of the resolutions that you read just a little bit earlier dana when uh when edwards is talking about thinking about death which number was that um Number nine, Okay. resolved right. to think much on all occasions of my own dying and of the common circumstances which attend death. So, so I've already opined in, in previous episodes about uh, memento mori, uh, which is a distinctly Christian practice from, from the earliest times that we've, that we've kind of lost. And I yeah. think 
this kind of thing gives some perspective too about goals that we set um because you know in reality you know we are dying every day a day that we've lived is one less day that we will live and i think when you have a perspective of knowledge of of knowing that one in one people die uh <laughs> In ordinary circumstances, you know, bar, barring the second coming of Christ before that generation dies or something. Other than that, you know, we're we're all going to expire someday, and um, and having that in mind, I think you tend to. I would hope that you would, um, when thinking about these kinds of goals, instead of you know getting to January eighth and you miss a day of your Bible reading and just kick it to the curb like no. i have i have one life to live right god has ordained one life for me man lives once and then faces judgment that day but when it's gone is nothing every day is a new day so if you missed it and god gave you another morning to wake up that is another day to accomplish a, a life one more day in the life of glorifying god of, of one christian uh and I, I think that perspective of like, I've got a 100% this thing is so short-sighted uh, in terms of uh, in terms of these kinds of things. So I, I, I'm, I think a memento mori mindset is very, very healthy and helpful uh, for Christians. And, and that, that idea, that memento mori idea is, you know, the, the psalmist says, teach us to number our days. Right. We, we are calling. It's on my it's on my planner for next year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting my money where my mouth is. There Resolved it is. to number my days. No, <laughs> Resolved to number Lee's days. Yeah. <laughs> Your days are numbered, Lee. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sounds to good teach to me. Us to number our days. How does the rest of that go? Teach us. It's Psalm 39. To, to get a heart of wisdom. Yeah. To get a heart of wisdom. Right. So teach us to number our days. And we might get a heart of wisdom. Um, you know, I, I think, I think as, as, as he's writing this, and as we think about that, the, the second part of that, what I was thinking of when you were saying that was, um, so not only teach us the number of our days, but, um, his mercies are new every morning, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, we can, we can look to Christ every morning. This is what you were saying. We can look to Christ every morning and say, you know what? Yesterday was terrible. I didn't, you know, even if it was yeah. just busy or I was sick or I just didn't get to it. Um, I didn't do whatever it was, whatever my goal was. Today is a new day. Um, it is a gift of God. We now can, you know, repent of whatever sin we need to leave it behind and move forward with um, uh, with today because yeah. his mercies are new every morning. I think that's such an important statement, biblical statement, that his mercies are new every morning. Um, that should, if we truly hide that, in our heart, right? It should keep us from going down the road of despair. Um, and and maybe I'm going a lot darker than I missed my Bible reading, but but what happens is we we look at our life. When you get to a certain age, you start looking back in your life and say, "What did I accomplish? What you know? I, I didn't. What is this life for?" And uh, it it should stop us from doing that because it's never too late. You know, you you reach. You talk to people who um either either uh talk to people who are brand new believers as adults even as older adults and they think of their life as such a waste when they were younger but but that's not that's not the way that the bible portrays the christian life 
right? His mercies are new every morning. As long as it is called today, we can call upon the name of the Lord and rejoice. Um, you know, so, it's not an accident that that verse about his mercies being new every morning comes from the book of Lamentations, too. Yeah, it's not an accident. <laughs> right, right. There's uh, lots the to lament about, and yet that's kind of the the trump card. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think people should be encouraged that blowing it, whether it's January eighth or December eighth, does not <laughs> un, undo what you did accomplish with some success prior to that. Right. So if you if you're going to resolve, I'm going to spend more time with my little child. I'm going to read a book to each of my children before they go to bed at night. And then you have a bad week in July. That doesn't mean that the first six months of the year when you were doing this faithfully, the kids don't have amnesia set in and that none of that matters. Right. So like pump the brakes on you blew it today. Just, cratering the whole thing that's not true yeah yeah and i and i i guess i go back to that because i know in myself and i think this is pretty universal in all people we are almost like looking for an excuse just as soon oh, as yeah. as soon as we blow it well i'm off the hook i guess that's not a resolution <laughs> anymore you know we're right. done don't do that don't do that yeah you blew it you ate the cookie or you did or whatever you did all right move on yeah. And, and there's an element to it of um, not living in regret, right? Um, and so what actually one of Edwards, um, another one of his resolutions, he says, he says, I frequently hear persons in old age say how they would live if they were to live their lives over again, resolved that I will live. So uh, just so as I can think I shall wish I had done, supposing I live to old age. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so he hears people lament that they did that, man, if I could do it over again, I would do these things differently. And he's saying, I, I want to live in a way that I, when I get older, I say, this is exactly how I would have should have done it. Now, because we have sin nature and, you know, our sin is still battling with inside. I don't know that that's actually possible, but it, it certainly is we certainly can have some goals toward that, right? Um, you know, there's things that there there's mistakes that I made as a as a twenty uh, something that I'm trying hard to prevent my own children from making those same mistakes. Whether those are financial mistakes, um, you know, work mistake, you know, like career choice mistakes. Um, yeah, I'm working really hard to to keep to teach not only my kids but the people in the church. Like, don't make those same mistakes. Mm -hmm. You're gonna make other mistakes, but don't make these mistakes. And live so that you can look back and say, you know what, I'm I'm proud of the work that I've done, um, the life that I've lived, the the, the kids that I have raised, wh whatever whatever kind of category we're talking about. Yeah, I, I think that this would be one of the arguments for making resolutions, and that is that oftentimes failure, if we're going to think of those resolutions in a very strict way, is assured. Yeah. It is a certainty. If we're if we're all supposed to be striving towards Christ likeness, 
failure is assured. Yeah. And that doesn't make that any less worthy of a goal. Yeah. So, so part of what we're talking about is are setting those kinds of goals. Um, so let me tell you, let me give you just a little bit of insight in the, like, this is like a professional thing or my part of my ministry. Um, a few years ago, um, I just felt like I needed some kind of goals in my, in my, they were personal goals for what I was going to do as a pastor. Um, so, and, and I'm talking about like for the church, not just like, I'm going to, I'm going to be a better um, you know, preacher, or I'm going to work on my, like, I, I have, or even like my relationship with my wife, like we have those kind of goals. Um, but th this is more like how in my role as a pastor, um, you know, are there some things that I want our church to advance in, to get better at and to grow in? And so, um, I'm not sure when I actually first started doing this, but I started kind of telling, usually telling the elders, here's some things I want to work on. And then I started telling the, the church some of these things. And um, so, so in 2019 and 2020, and, and we don't need to speak <laughs> about 2020, but during that time period, I had a couple, I had uh, five goals, five resolutions of here's some things I want to work on this year for our church. So this goes back, for four or five years now. And one was establishing a biblical diaconate. So we had at that point, one deacon who was serving um, and doing some very specific things, but we needed a team of men. Our church was in 2017, we saw some pretty significant growth. Um, 2018, so by 2019, we really needed some more deacons. Um, and so we wanted to establish a biblical diaconate that that would serve the church and meet the physical needs of the congregation. So that was one goal. Um, another one was to lead in building renovations. Um, we were we were running out of space. We had some plumbing issues and some electrical, um, like AC issues. We 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 just had some some like the the classrooms, the kids' classrooms didn't have any air conditioning, and and whenever we did. Um, evening things or VB. Yeah, we just needed to make some upgrades to our building. Instead, in 22, <laughs> um, we ended up trading it in for a new one. <laughs> uh, but that was one of the goals is to really get going on some renovations. Um, I also wanted to join a fellowship of churches, like-minded churches, um, you know, early on in the ministry, uh, in my ministry here at, well, at the time, Logansville Community Church, we were pretty out there and and alone and um, really the only um, uh, reformed in any way church in the nearby area. Um, there, there's one uh, RPCNA church um, in our county that you really got to be you really got to be truly reformed if you're going to be a part of that, but <laughs> that's nothing against them. It's just, it's very different. Um, but they weren't who we were. And so, um, especially Credo Baptist. And so we wanted to join a fellowship of churches. We did that in fire fellowship. Um, and uh, we wanted to adopt a historic confession of faith. Um, 
because of what we saw going on in our country. And uh, we wanted to just join in with a group of churches that we are like-minded with, but also um, a confession that went beyond our church. And so we've we've worked on that. We actually haven't quite accomplished that one yet, but um, becoming a, um, a 1689 uh, particular Baptist, Reformed Baptist church is where we've been headed. And then the fifth one was hiring an assistant pastor. And um, and so we brought Pastor Ben on to help. And I think those kind of, I always call them pastoral initiatives, but they're resolutions. I always thought those, like setting those goals for myself to say, and, and to put it out there for accountability to the church, to say, here's some things we want to work on. I want to work on. I need your accountability. I need you to ask me like, so how's this going? You know, where, when is this new pastor coming? And, uh, you know, those kinds of things. Um, uh, were helpful to me because I want to I want to see the church grow in certain areas and I want it to be healthier and, and so in these things I want it to be um, bigger than just me but to mm-hmm. be a part of the church like to have the church actually be a functioning church where the body is so it's Ephesians chapter 4 right um, he gives uh pastors so there's apostles prophets um evangelists shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and um so that the body as it goes through a line of things but so that the body um builds itself up in love and that's kind of the point of these things and so um and my my question i guess here is is some of that type of thing i know i'm kind of talking about what i did a few years ago, I've got more this year. I tried set some every year, but are these things helpful for us as Christians or for the broader um, body of Christ or the the this even a, a local church? Are they helpful for our growth? If if the pastor, the elders, sort of lead in setting some of those initiatives and saying, "Look, here's the things we want to do this year." Those goals is that helpful for the church? Uh, yes, I do believe it's helpful. Um, I'm, I'm actually looking up a quote that came to mind. It's just a just a saying. Um, it was it was something to the effect of, uh, if, "If a man if a man knows not for which port he sails, no wind is favorable." It's a saying I love. It's like you you need to know what direction you're going in if you're going to know if it's going well, you know. Um, and a church. Any church that is worthy of the name should have a mission in mind. Uh, there's a mission we're called to to fulfill, and there are strategic things that we should have in place as we continue to uh, engage in that mission. Uh, and so, I, I think it I think it makes sense to have you know formal points of specific things to accomplish as a church. Um, obviously, that's going to be different than setting you know individual personal resolutions right for an an, an average christian uh, but it's not going to be exactly like uh you know growth initiatives for a a fortune 500 company right or something okay like so so on that statement right there how is how is this you know setting some initiatives or some resolutions or goals how is this different than like your typical big um, mega church vision casting how's that different well, I think in the 
one of our criticisms of those many of those types of churches is they're just working on building their own little kingdom. And that's not the business we are trying to be in. So mm. we we can set some goals and 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 hopefully lead the people for whom we're responsible toward uh, more godliness, more holiness, more spiritual maturity. Um, in some cases, becoming more distinct from the the culture around them, and and those are all things that I think we would all agree. Yeah, let's do all mm -hmm. that stuff. But at least in my experience, in in not attending churches like that, but just you see videos, you read articles, you hear about what they're doing. It's how are we going to go from a thousand people to two thousand people in two thousand twenty four? Yeah, and 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 it is really just that. Just get us yeah. more warm body. How many more baptisms are we going to have? Last year we had five hundred kids at the VBS. This year we're going to have seven fifty. Yeah, yeah. How do we get? We're not get interested in any of that. We, we yeah. we're not. We don't equate any of that automatically necessarily to fruit or to the kingdom rolling forward. So I think there's a significant distinction. It's very different. Yeah. Uh, I'll take just the one example about the building, you know, so for, um, you know, your, your run of the mill mega church, you know, we are a multi-site church. It's our goal to expand, you know, five, five new campuses next year. And so they're on a mad dash to find real estate um, for us. You know, we had specific particular needs um, that the church had um, at that time that um, either a renovated building or, you know, again, in God's providen providence, uh, a new building altogether uh, would actually solve uh, or or help alleviate. Um, and, and so the, the differentiating factor is the heart of it. What's it what's it for? What's the purpose? Is it just to, uh, like you said, Steve, continue to build our own little kingdom, or are we going to to serve the church that we're called to serve? Um, mm -hmm. We have a particular body of believers here, and there are needs uh, in the uh, in the proclaiming of the gospel and teaching the saints to obey Christ. Uh, so there are there were things that we needed to do in our building that weren't so easy to do in the old one, and so either to add on or to find a new one uh, was imperative for the purpose of serving the church. To two totally different reasons for building acquisition, just as one example. Yeah. So, so in in our in our resolutions in the years past, we've not we've not tried to build our own brand or um, certainly not my brand. You know, like there are pastors out there that one famously said i am the brand and um like we're not trying to do that um we're we're trying like in in whether it's the building or or especially with with a uh, a biblical diaconate right deacons that are serving and meeting the needs of the church um sometimes those needs are going to be physical in the this you know in our church building 
they're going to need to change light bulbs and, you know, make sure the parking lot is plowed and, you know, do the physical stuff. And sometimes it's going to be um, meeting some financial needs of people, you know, members of the church who have um, uh, maybe have some physical needs, you know, older folks that need some work done at their house or something like that. Um, it, so the goal is always to build up the church and it should always be to build up the church without saying, with, without sort of putting that Christian-y like, um, let's love on people. The, yeah. 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 Please don't, don't even talk about that. that's weird. Um, <laughs> So it should be for the Great Commission, right? Go and make disciples. We're, we're, we're called to do that. It should be for evangelism. In, in some way, our church needs to be about that. Um, but not often, like what Steve was talking about, those churches that are just trying to grow for the sake of growth, they call it evangelism. And and I, maybe there is, you know, there is some act, genuine actual evangelism happening. People are coming to faith in Christ. But often it is, we want to build a bigger a bigger thing here yeah. um, because we need more people to serve in this area and this area and this area so that we can get bigger. So, you know, it just becomes a cycle and that's actually what we're trying to avoid um, is that cycle of just, you know, serve, serve to get more people to serve, to get more people to serve, to get more people so that we can be big. And, you know, uh, uh, for, for it's not necessarily a resolution, but sometimes uh, a well-crafted mission statement for a church. P part of that should be uh, a safeguard against such a thing that that if you guys, if the church has purposed to be about the Great Commission, and it's something that you've formalized uh, in the uh, um, the bylaws of you know statement of faith or you know, obviously uh, a historic confession does this as well. If you've got that thing to look back to, to say, who are we, are these decisions that we're making consistent with our confession, uh, whether it's a historical confession or, or, a um, or a document that the elders of that particular church have put together, um, to have some guardrails, uh, that can help, um, that can help with the decision-making, you know, the way that we approach a certain thing, is that consistent with the mission that, that God has called the church to accomplish i think that can help too no, yeah, one thing i want to add to that i was thinking of this uh when when dana you were talking about whether or not we should do this as church leaders i do think that it is just a human truth that people will be led <laughs> so the, the church leaders can just sort of throw up their hands and say, well, we're not going to do that. We're not going to point people in a direction. We're not going to aim for a harbor so that we, you know, we cross the sea and we're headed there. We're not hmm. doing that. Well, then someone else will step in and, and lead people's hearts, minds, attention, affections, wherever they decide it's worth directing them. So... To some extent, you don't you don't want to surrender the ground because you might not like who replaces the, who who, yeah. who occupies it. Yeah, don't leave a vacuum. Yeah, do you think that do you think that's part of what's been going on in like in churches over the last few years in particular? I I think that 
you certainly have some very loud voices shrieking at the top of their lungs that are hard to ignore. And if churches and well, specifically church leaders don't have anything to say, well, then the moment momentum is going to just follow those shrieking voices. So, so it could go either way too, though, right? Like it could be evil worldly voices um whatever the whatever they yeah. happen to be or it also could be like especially in this day and age where we have easy access to you know the celebrity pastors and and some of them are solid like i like a bunch of like i have a whole series of them that i like right so they could be good solid faithful men who have a large following books or online or whatever that if, if our church is headed this way but this guy's going like it's not like he's going way over on left field, like you know, like some uh, uh, evil organizations are trying to get us to go. You know, being all inclusive and blah blah blah. He's just he's just a little bit different than what we believe. Um, but because we're headed here, but we're not real strong on articulating where our what our goals are, these other voices of good people can take our people in a different direction. Does that make sense? Yeah, we, we have access to a lot of voices of people who are, I'm going to be trying to be delicate and winsome. Uh, we have access to voices of people who are either unqualified or disqualified uh, from the office of elder for whatever reason, um, who very easily through you know social media, through x formerly twitter whatever youtube uh who can actually play a big a big role in the destruction of the local church uh because the actual leadership the actual elders of those churches are um are not engaged or not aware of what's going on a vacuum has occurred a leadership vacuum and instead if the local leaders aren't speaking if they are not able to lead, people are going to find, just like what you said, Steve, people are going to be led somehow. And I think oftentimes it's the unqualified or disqualified voices that speak loudest, especially online. And that yeah, definitely so I, has a, 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 a deleterious effect on the local church. I think I think that's absolutely true. And I think, so if we use fatherhood as an illustration of this, if you have the father who just doesn't really have anything to say, doesn't seem that interested, isn't actually around that much, it's very likely that someone else will fill the father figure role. And that could be a good dude. But that's not really how it it's supposed be, to work. Yeah, it could be a pastor, or a youth leader or something right. like that. And, and sometimes, that's, sometimes that's necessary. In a sinful right. world, we need to fill in the gaps. But if for the father in question this is your job right and and i think there is an analogy there with church leadership this is your job yep. they shouldn't have to go to youtube to uh follow some other guy even if he's a good guy maybe he's smarter than all three of us put together that's not the point that's yeah. not the point you're here you're in this church family and we're responsible for you so 
we're not getting out of this. You know, <laughs> this is on us. So, mm. yeah, we should be doing these sorts of things. Well, it, it, that's and that's kind of that's part of the impetus behind this very podcast on which we opine, you know, another additional avenue for uh, extra discussion, extra consideration points, uh, extra opportunities to have conversations within the church um, in a, in a way that's not in a, in an asynchronous fashion that we don't all have to be in the same room at the same time to be considering a, a topic a particular topic that may or may not link in with the, the the current exposition from the pulpit or Sunday school or whatever else, just an additional Avenue. Um, I think, I think it's an opportunity, you know, for, for elders to lead and for churchmen and church women to uh, continue to consider the things of God together. And so I think these medium, this medium can be very helpful. Um, even though some people, misuse it or the wrong people use it i guess so so on that note i'm gonna um this year actually this week i am going to challenge the church uh we put together um it's beautiful it, it is isn't it so i put together a reading a reading plan um to to read through the bible uh, I want our people, we, you know, one of the things we talk about, like, what are our goals? I want our people to know what we believe and why we believe it. That's a statement that I heard years ago. I'm sure I heard it on the White Horse Inn radio show. Um, and I I love that statement because that's actually what I, like, that's our goal in, mm -hmm. in teaching, right? Not only to know what we believe, but why we believe it. Why do we believe, so you could talk about marriage. Why do we believe that marriage between one man and one woman and for life? Like, why do we believe that? Um, so the part of the part that I want to just stress is the Bible reading, just a challenge. Read as much as you can. Um, I'm going to hand those out at church this coming week um, uh, to, to be a, a people who are saturated with the Bible. Um, that has the opportunity to do it, and then we could read it all together. That would be that would be awesome if we were all reading the same thing. Um, they're also going to work on um, this year. I'm going to take so we're talking about some of those initiatives. My goals this year is I want to do some more deacon training and development. Um, we as we continue to grow, um, we we have areas of service that are that are needed in the church, and so and and the Lord has continued to raise up faithful men. Um, we want, I want to continue to build relationships with some like-minded ministries. We've done a really good job with um, our local pregnancy center. Um, there's a couple other local ministries that we've, we've built some bridges and we really would like to strengthen those relationships. And then some other churches as well um, to just really build relationships. Um, for a long time, I said this earlier, for a long time, we were really the only church um maybe maybe i'm just i don't know i think we really were the only church in the area credo baptist held to you know preaching through books of the bible um solid and reformed church it really wasn't anybody around but the, but the lord is doing a work in our area and raising up some other pastors and some other churches and so i'm excited about that building relationships with others um yeah. So, the, and then there's a few other little things that I'm going to work on over this next year, but those are the goals. Like I want to set some goals to say, this is where we're going. And um, so I just wanted to kind of have a discussion today, a little bit about 
resolutions and are they helpful or are they not helpful and I, and we went a little afar afield in a few areas i i like that i i think it's cool to go on some rabbit trails um uh here um so do you, do you guys have anything else you wanted to add to any of this before we uh, send lee's ladder of library <laughs> um yeah so you know I guess speaking from personal experience, I've had years where I've made quite a few resolutions and only kept some of them. I've had years where I've made no resolutions and felt uh, maybe a bit stagnated. You kept all of them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I 100%ed Perfect that record. year. <laughs> Set your sights low and you're never disappointed. Right. <laughs> um, but then, you know, um, I, I've made some, um, I don't know if I'd call them resolutions, but like, commitments of things that I personally need to work on right in my own life. Um, I don't know that I would call them resolutions. Uh, I'd like to, I like the term commitment. Um, it's something that I want to be committed to in an, an ongoing, perhaps, uh, you know, organic fashion. So not saying that it's a, a definitive thing that has to, a, a task that has to be done every day, right. The way that some resolutions work. Um, but I do think that is a helpful way um, if you're the, if you're a person that's wired that way, um, to be diligent um, and to grow in grace, um, to be active, you know, in your faith, um, and and growing in in character uh, as a as a man or woman, you know, in the church called by Christ. So, um, I don't I don't uh, I I you know cautiously endorse uh, the idea of resolutions. I just think they need to be, I think they need to be done um responsibly and and with a long-term um uh, fulfillment in in mind not just tacked on to one particular year and then try something else later responsible resolutions <laughs> good steve anything else no i think that's uh that's that's we we've uh we've captured it well we, we kind of, yeah, spent more time on it than I thought we would. All right, let's go to the ladder. I'll start. I've been holding this book for uh, a few weeks. So um, J.C. Ryle, Prepared to Stand Alone. This is a biography of J.C. Ryle cool. um, by Ian Murray. So uh, Ian Murray runs or started Banner of Truth, um, which is probably, I don't know if I'd say the best, but it, it's the best. Yeah. Um publisher in the christian world <laughs> so yeah. uh just bringing back the you know the the, they have the best neckties then they do have the best <laughs> neckties but it's just such a great great publisher bringing back um older works and and publishing some newer works as well um just solid uh, solid publisher ian murray started that he's getting up there in age but he's written several biographies this is one um jason is a fascinating guy bishop of liverpool um, but he was only made Bishop of Liverpool late in life. And at that point, so this is early 1900s, the Church of England was already uh, really wrestling with liberalism versus you know, evangelicalism. Um, and a, it's not even really conservative. It's just as wrestling with evangelical versus liberal Christian. Mm -hmm. And he was an evangelical in the midst of, and liberals appointed him to the role um anyway just a really fascinating look uh he lost a couple of wives 
um, that died uh, one when he was very young, and um, yet he maintained and persisted in ministry. Um, just a fascinating look and a fascinating man. J.C. Ralph prepared to stand alone. Nice. Nice. Steve, what you got? So I did something similar from from last week, although it's not a fiction book, but it's uh, Endurance. Oh, Shackleton. Yeah, Shackleton. And it, it's similar to last week, even though it's not a fiction book, because I think it would be a great book for anybody to read. Certainly, it would be a good book to read with, you know, with your, your school age kids. But I think it would lead to a lot of helpful discussions about not losing hope in a situation that seems pretty dire. And, and, you know, the name of the book is Endurance, but enduring through some pretty significant hardship, hardship. And it, it would just be, it's a great book. It's exciting. There's lots of interesting things that happen if you're not familiar with this Shackleton story, but it's one of those books that's not a theology nerd book. But it could lead to some pretty theology nerdy conversations that yeah. would be edifying if you're so inclined. Is that by Alfred Lansing? Yes, Alfred nice. Lansing. Sweet. Yes. There'll be a link. Well, I, I, I went a completely different direction. Uh, oh. I, I'm going to recommend the words of God. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Is that a bestseller, Lee? <laughs> the Church History Study Bible. The Church History Study Bible. Uh, I have the hardcover version. So I, I would highly recommend, especially for folks who are going to go through the reading plan um, that, that we've endorsed for 2024. What's nice about this is it, it will read like a study Bible, but the notes are particular quotations from uh, great um, reformed and patristic authors commentaries on those passages so as you go through the different different verses different passages that may be thicker at the bottom or or thinner just depends on the passage um, but the commentary the notes are actually from theologians of the past and it's this is a really great study bible uh, really um, very nice uh, obviously it's it's a crossway product the pages look great. The cover's very nice, um, and I think that could add a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of uh, of warm holiday spice to your uh, to your reading plan. <laughs> nice. It's it's weird that the they've got the title way at the bottom. That's yeah, well, it's, I don't know that the camera's picking it up very well, but it's supposed to look kind of like the hall of a uh, of a you know. Uh, um it looks like the mines of moria in there it does look a little mines of moria-esque so they've they've tried to they've tried to make a little a little embossed design it looks better in person i will say that but yes oh i'm sure yeah it's bold, it's bold choice it's what's inside that counts yes don't judge a don't book by judge its cover. the book by its cover exactly <laughs> although there are i'm not reading that <laughs> there are so many hideous book covers these days yeah. <laughs> actually on on the other pod we did a whole episode on ugly book covers and and what what's the deal with people making such hideous book covers these days i just had the thought i don't know where it is oh it's holding up my computer i just had the thought that uh founders ministries has the best book jackets that i've seen designs on their book oh jacket. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Yes. Anyway, okay, that's for next. Uh, we'll bring that up for the next ladder, maybe. All right. Excellent. I think that's it. I think it's time for a blessing. Awesome. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. <laughs>